A lot has been made of the conversation, Senate hearing, between Senator Rand Paul and Dr. Anthony Fauci. I think it's important that we hear it in its entirety so we can ask ourselves what the hubbub is. Because very often we'll be told things like, oh, that Rand Paul. Rand Paul was asking questions. What in the world is wrong with asking a question? The answer, of course, is absolutely nothing. Is he asking the right questions? Well, that could be for people to agree or disagree. But that's different than whether or not you're allowed to ask the question to begin with. And when you hear the question being asked by Rand Paul, you'll be able to decide for yourself whether the people angry at Rand Paul have something valuable to contribute. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Instagram, and Twitter at Tony Katz. And get the podcast at TonyKatz.com. Go to it right now, TonyKatz.com. Click on podcast and boom subscribe it's just that easy this is about masks and first let's not forget that Rand Paul is Dr. Rand Paul right he's not an infectious disease expert like Dr. Anthony Fauci and I say clearly that Anthony Fauci is an expert in infectious diseases what he is not an expert in is providing answers that have consistency over the long term. Anthony Fauci loves a camera. Anthony Fauci loves attention. And Anthony Fauci will answer any question he wants, any time he wants, regardless of the answer he gave five minutes ago. That's his problem. And that's the problem that Americans have with him. It's hard to believe the man. He's a little bit of everywhere. So first, Rand Paul starts off well, with a, a recitation of a series. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. I'll, I'll get to you in a second. Fauci in a. A series of studies regarding COVID, the vaccine, antibodies, and masks. Recent British study, David Wiley and others found that no symptomatic reinfections from COVID-19 after following 2,800 patients for several months. In fact, there have been no reports of significant numbers of reinfections after acquiring COVID-19 naturally. Shane Crawdy, a virologist at La Jolla Institute for Immunology, concludes from his experiments that the amount of immune memory gained from natural infection would likely prevent the vast majority of people from getting hospitalized disease, severe disease for many years. In this study, which was published in Science, Dr. Crody showed that antibody levels stayed relatively constant with only modest declines over six to eight months. Dr. Crotty reported that notably memory B cells specific for the spike protein or RBD were detected in almost all COVID-19 cases with no apparent half-life at five to eight months after infection. In other words, Dr. Crotty found significant evidence of long-term immunity after COVID infection. Furthermore, Dr. Crotty noted B-cell memory to some other infections has been observed for as long as 60 plus years after smallpox vaccination, or even 90 years after natural infection with influenza. That was a woman who- Now, there's a lot here, and he's gonna go on for a little while longer. Senator Rand Paul, Senator from Kentucky, 
is bringing about the studies that show that in a lot of our history, when people get antibodies of certain viruses, etc., they build immunity. Their ability to get the, the disease again, the virus again, in a, in a debilitating way, is left minimal or, or nil. And he is going through study after study that shows this to be true to set up a question, not a setup, but sets up the question, the logical question, to Dr. Fauci. Got the Spanish flu still showed immunity 90 years later. So rather than being pessimistic towards people gaining immunity after they've had COVID or had a vaccine, studies argue for significant optimism. In fact, there have been no scientific studies arguing or proving that infection with COVID does not create immunity. There have been no studies showing significant numbers of reinfections. Of the 30 million Americans who have had COVID, only a handful of reinfections have been discovered. In fact, the New York Times reported last fall more than 38 million people at the time worldwide had been infected with the coronavirus. And as of that date, fewer than five of these cases had been confirmed by scientists to be reinfections. Scientists interviewed for the article concluded in most cases, a second bout with the virus produced milder symptoms or none at all. Given that no scientific studies have shown significant numbers of reinfections of patients previously infected or previously vaccinated, what specific studies do you cite to argue that the public should be wearing masks well into 2022? Now, there is nothing wrong with what he said. He gave data point after data point about infections and reinfections, about antibodies and vaccines to ask the question about masks, where there has been conversation from Dr. Fauci and others that we have to wear masks. Oh, you got the vaccine. You still have to wear a mask. Masks. Well, that's uh, President Biden saying into 2022. By the way, if you check your social media feed, you'll see a video of Joe Biden boarding Air Force One. And he fell on the stairs three times. He's running up the stairs. You're 78 years old, sir. You can walk. He's running up the stairs. He's going to show us how spry he is. He fell down three times. It's not a good look. Neither is saying you got to wear a mask until 2022. What's the point of the damn vaccine if you're wearing a mask till 2022? This is the question that Senator Rand Paul sets up with data. Now, Dr. Fauci responds. I'm not sure I understand the connection of what you're saying about masks and reinfection. We're talking about people who have never been infected before. You're and telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine yeah. or have had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, it's not. the vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let, let, let's get down to the facts. Okay. Let's get down to the facts, but notice how dismissive. Here we go again with the theater. You're wearing two masks. It might be seen as a little bit of theater. 
If someone is sick and they're wearing a mask, I get it. If someone is healthy and wearing a mask, it's peculiar. If you tell people who are sick they should quarantine, it makes sense. If you tell healthy people to quarantine, it could be seen as something completely different and something that is actually treacherous, dangerous, obscene, criminal. But let's focus on what Senator Rand Paul has asked about, which is why are we wearing the mask if you've got the vaccine? It doesn't make any sense. Fauci starts to answer. Okay, the studies that you quote from Crotty and Sete look at in vitro examination of memory immunity, which in their paper they specifically say this does not necessarily pertain to the actual protection. It's in vitro. And what study Are, can you point to that shows significant let, reinfection? There are no studies that show just significant let, let, me, let me finish the response to your question, if you please. The other thing is that when you talk about reinfection and you don't keep in the concept of variance, that's an entirely different ball game. That's a good reason for a mask. In the South African study conducted by J&J, they found that people who were infected with wild type and were exposed to the variant in South Africa, the 351, it was as if they had never been infected before. They had no protection. So when you talk about reinfection, you've got to make sure you're talking about wild type. I agree with you that you very likely would have protection from wild type for at least six months if point you're infected. But we in our country now have variants that are circulating. Significant reinfection. Now, the question asked by Senator Rand Paul, and this is where I think the confusion is coming in. The senator asked by Senator Rand Paul is, here is the data that shows that if you have had an infection, you have antibodies. So there's no reason to wear a mask. This is what I'm saying. There is no reason to wear a mask if you're somebody who's had the vaccine or you've already been infected. What data do you have, sir, that says we should wear the mask? His answer is variants, and there are variants of of COVID. No one's disagreeing with this. But that wasn't the question. The question was to why should I wear a mask if I've already been inoculated? It is a question looking for an answer. And it's it's like, um, it's it's as if Dr. Fauci is saying, well, all these other bad things can happen to you too. That's not the question. Bad things can always happen. The question is, if I've already had COVID and if I've already been inoculated, if I've already gotten the vaccine, for what reason would you tell me I have to wear a mask or wear two masks? And that's why he brought up theater. So while Dr. Fauci is engaging a conversation that is interesting and is science-based, it isn't about the question that Senator Paul asked. And this is where I think that that divide is coming when you see this in social media and why the people going after Senator Rand Paul are wrong. Because Senator Rand Paul didn't ask anything here that is inappropriate. He is staying to task and to the question and not getting sidetracked by the great Dr. Fauci, who is bringing up subjects that, while may have a, a level of validity in and of themselves, are not related to the key question that Senator Paul is asking. It continues. 
What study shows significant reinfection, hospitalization, and death after either natural infection or the vaccine? It doesn't exist. There is no evidence that there are significant reinfections after vaccine. In fact, I don't think we have a hospitalization in the United States after the two-week period after the second vaccination. Yeah, you have a death in the United States. You're not hearing what I'm saying about variants. We're talking about wild-type versus variants and now there what proof is there that there are significant reinfections with hospitalizations and death from the variants none in our country zero well because we don't have a prevalent of a variant yet we're having one can i finish we're having one one seven that's becoming more dominant policy based on conjecture no you have the it isn't based on variants so you some you want people to wear a mask for another couple years no you've been vaccinated and you parade around in two masks for show no you can't get it again there's almost there's virtually zero percent chance you're going to get it and yet you're telling people with them that have had the vaccine who have immunity you're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask who've been vaccinated instead you should be saying there is no science to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated you want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy tell them they quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine you want people to get the vaccine give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to wear a mask forever people don't of course he's right there are many people who said wait if i get the vaccine i still have to wear a mask i still can't see the grandkids i still got to be six feet away what, what what what's the point of getting the vaccine this is the part where people are like Rand paul was so rude Rand paul is making a point just admit it just say so well i don't like the way he made it oh well I guess then there's no way to make a point. He's cutting through. And yes, it's strong, but it is science-based. And when a man like Dr. Fauci is wearing two masks, I believe that he is right, that that is all for show. I hear it. There's no science behind it. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we have immunity. They are theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any science. I, I totally disagree with you. Dr. Fauci, if you could respond so that we could understand the difference between the uh, virus itself and the variants and the reason for a mask. I'm sorry, ma'am. That's someone interjecting in a way that doesn't follow the question. The idea that you should wear a mask, well, there are going to be variants. Who knows what that's going to do to you? Based on that, why don't you just get locked in your house for a year? That way we'll make sure everything's clear from, from, from the world. Oh, no, no, it might be another year just to be really safe. Ooh, we heard about this thing over there. That's one more year. Why not? It's the same argument. Rand Paul's argument is when you get vaccinated, the, guy, the possibility of getting reinfected is near zero. Why don't we go out there and live our lives and accept the fact that there's a tiny bit of risk? I'm in the Rand Paul camp. Now you've heard the audio. You can decide for yourself. I'm Tony Katz. So yesterday, I shared with you some audio of Abigail Schreier. Abigail Schreier wrote a, a book about what's going on in the world of transgender children. Tony Katz, 
Tony Katz today, and yes, I oppose the idea that a child should be able to decide their own gender. They're children. Children are to be protected by adults, and very often children need to be protected from themselves. Children can't make this decision. They just can't. And so Abigail Schreier wrote a book about how it's seducing children, I think specifically about girls, and that book was removed from the the shelves at Target. And that book and that removal only shows that the, the ideas you have to buy in and these children can do anything. And if you don't accept that, you are the guilty party. This takes us to a story out of Daily Wire. The father of a biological girl who believes she is a boy, as is reported, turned himself into a Canadian court and was taken to jail because the attorney general of British Columbia issued in a warrant for contempt because the father had insisted on referring to his daughter as his daughter and didn't use the proper pronouns. Canada ordered that the girl receive testosterone shots. The 14-year-old and without obtaining parental consent. Anyone who is pushing this idea is pushing for the idea that children can be separated from their parents and that the parent has no rights. As a matter of fact, the parent is criminal. It is to create the idea that the child has agency. And if a child has agency, they can make their own decisions legally. They can make their own decisions morally. They can make their own decisions sexually. And the only supervising power that is required is the state. It is obscene. It's wrong, and parents have to stand up. It doesn't matter if you get arrested. It doesn't matter what the court says. Tell that judge to kiss off. You don't have an option. You're the parent. Parents come before doctors. Parents come before judges. Parents are come before experts. Now, there are cases of real abuse. I don't believe in protecting abusers. But the abuse here comes from the state allowing a 14-year-old to engage in testosterone injections. Of course it's wrong. Because the children who need protection, not exploitation, which is what Canada is now embracing. Check out Abigail Schreier for yourself. This is Tony Katz today. So there's nothing to this, this whole Michigan State Tom Izzo heated exchange nonsense. Because the way Fox News puts it, moment raise eyebrows, draws shrugs. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Of course, Michigan State was up by 11, lost to UCLA in overtime. Uh, They're playing in uh, to the tournament. So I asked producer Ari what happened here. And he's, Izzo is trying to grab at him, and he's yelling at the player, and the player's yelling back, and he's walking away from him, and Izzo is not going to let a guy walk away from him when he's trying to talk to him, right? He's the coach. Somebody said something wrong. That much is for sure. So as you know this story, Producer Ari, what in the world's happened here? It was the end of the half, and the Michigan State player missed a rotation, so he wasn't defending the right guy. And they scored. The opposing team scored. So Tom Izzo yelled at the guy. was like, you know, what the hell? 
So the kid was obviously upset that he screwed up himself. So he's frustrated. He's pouting. He's angry. And he starts walking away. And Izzo's not done yelling at him. So he started yelling at him. And he's just like, I don't want to talk right now. And they went to the locker room. And that was it. Yeah, that's what I think it is. That's what I think it is. Um, And someone wrote, I still feel a bit uncomfortable anytime a coach puts his hands on a player, even if it's Tom Izzo. Uh, Trying to get a kid's attention. Oh, no, no, come back here. It's the heat of the moment for everybody. And I, lo- I-, I love the fact, because it's so perfect, of, hey, let's, let's create something out of this that, that isn't there. Creating something that isn't there is the responsibility of the woke. If narrative is more important than fact, well then, narrative must be adhered to with religious fervor, with, no, 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 that's, that's an insult to religion, with cult-like fervor. This brings us to the shooting that took place in Atlanta. Now, this is a horrible story. And it's a horrible story because eight people were murdered who did nothing wrong. Nothing at all wrong. They were working They're minding their own business. And they were killed by a guy who clearly wasn't all right. But as far as we know, from the investigation that has taken place so far, this murderer was not going after people for what they look like. Christopher Wray, the FBI director, stating quite clearly that there is nothing that shows that these shootings, these murders, were racially motivated. This does not feed a narrative that desperately wants this to be true. Now, I've said this before, and I will say it again. If it's true, we should say so. If it's not true, we should also say so. I don't win anything by it not being true. I don't win anything by it being true. Eight people are still murdered. Six of them are Asian. Eight human beings were murdered for doing nothing wrong. This guy has got a story. He's got issues. A sex uh, addiction, as is described, and these places were, were, were enticing him, and, and, and he, just, he had to get rid of them. But the, there are people who refuse to accept this. It was Daniel Day Kim, the actor, who said if, if, they, if they were shootings at, uh, at synagogues, we'd call them anti-Semitism. And the answer is, yes, we would. Yes, indeed, we would. Because it would be very hard for someone to think, if we were going to go full-on stereotype, that the shooter was simply just trying to do away with all accountants. That doesn't make any sense. It would be because they were trying to kill Jews. By the way, I don't believe in hate crimes. I don't believe in hate crimes at all. I would get rid of all hate crimes legislation. In my beloved Indiana, it comes up all the time, every year, every other year, it comes up when the General Assembly is in session, and I oppose it. No group needs special protections. 
Murder is murder. That people sometimes murder for horrible reasons, I don't disagree. It doesn't make it more of a crime because it happens to you based on some characteristic versus somebody else who doesn't share that characteristic. Absolutely not. I find that an offensive concept. That a crime is worse because it happens to somebody who's Jewish than someone who's Christian. No, 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 I'm not a flower. I need no special protections, thank you. And if we want to engage the idea that hate crimes are legit, uh, the hate crimes uh, data from the FBI always shows that Jews are at the top of the list when it comes to hate crimes. And I oppose hate crimes legislation everywhere. I equally oppose the idea that if something doesn't fit narrative, you simply dismiss it so it will fit the narrative. And this was the mayor of Atlanta talking to Anderson Cooper on CNN. Do you feel that you know what the motive of of the shooter was? Because obviously police have, have, have said what they said. Um, you know, it has upset some people who, you know, uh, but I'm wondering what your perspective is. First of all, that, that's a winning question. You deserve your 4 or $5 million a year, Anderson Cooper. Hot damn. That's the question? The question is, everybody wants this to be racial, and they're upset that it's not racial. So how do you feel? You, the black mayor, uh, woman, female black mayor of Atlanta, how do you feel? What? The FBI is lying to you? Well, I think the FBI lies about a great number of things. So maybe they're lying about this, but now I want to hear you say it. You're telling me that the FBI is lying to you. You're telling me that Christopher Wray has got has a personal uh, need to ensure that this isn't called racial because because what? Killing Asians in America is cool? What, what, what is your argument here? This is what the FBI is saying. You can ask, do you agree or disagree? I don't even know how in the world you would disagree. But how do you feel? Oh, let's find out how the mayor of Atlanta feels. Well, it, it, it looked like a hate crime to me. This was targeted at, at Asian spas. Uh, six of the women who were killed were Asian, so it's difficult to see it as anything but that. And um, what we know about the definition of a hate crime is it's, it can also be based on uh, someone targeting women. So there are many areas of hate that are covered within the definition of a hate crime. So I think any way that you look at it, um, it is a hate crime. It should be treated as such. And eight people were murdered. I know he's already been charged with that. But I do think it's appropriate that the prosecutors look at the, the most stringent and stiffest, uh, most stiff laws that can be applied to this. And I think it's difficult to see it as anything other than a hate crime. I may be difficult, but does that mean that's not the case? That's the question. You may argue that it's difficult to see it as anything other than in a hate crime. But that doesn't mean you get to say the narrative is more important than the facts on the ground. You have the police saying this. You have the FBI saying this. Isn't it possible that this guy, this murderer, is indeed, uh, uh, I'm going to use the expression, a freak? Of course it's possible. As a matter of fact, it seems more and more probable 
every single day, every single day, it seems more likely. But if you're somebody who needs it to be about narrative, if you need this hate, Tom Izzo and the player, white coach, black player, oh yeah, sure he grabbed at him, you know what that's all about. No. No, I see a coach and his player. And that's how rational people saw it. Irrational people, people who need the narrative to drive the conversation, saw it in all the ways that would help them with their narrative, their racial narrative, bigoted narrative, etc. That's exactly what's happening here. If there is indeed an uptick of violence against people who are Asian, I don't want any of that. And I'm very confused by it. Very confused by it. Because of COVID? Wait, you're telling me there's an increase in violence because of, of COVID? That, because, oh, because uh, the, the virus comes from China and oh, it's, we mean we haven't seen it over the past year, but we're seeing it now? That's odd. Then again, MSNBC doesn't think so. Over the last four years, with the presidential seal of approval given to intolerance, given to fear, given to suspicion, given to anger, given to saying very little about racial strife in this country and the causes of it, never addressing it, of, of lying, of lying about nearly everything you can imagine, from the dangers of the virus to the dangers of racial animosity and what it's doing to our country. And the root of it is in the former president's four years, in his language and in his behavior. And we're still living it. We're still playing it out. And it affects us every day. Now, Donald Trump didn't pull the trigger in Atlanta, but Donald Trump certainly was responsible for the anger and the fear and the suspicion that exists in, in great degree in this country, much more so than ever in the past. And Donald Trump's responsible. Well, that's predictable. If you can't get one narrative, get another narrative. You see, if you can't get the racial narrative, at least you can get the anti-Trump, Trump causes people to kill narrative, because that works all over the place. It's like how they went from global warming to climate change. Eight people were murdered. Could we get a little bit of focus here? A deranged scumbag murdered eight people. And yet CNN needs it to be about uh, a racial narrative. And MSNBC needs it to be about Trump. He didn't pull the trigger in Atlanta, but he's to blame for enhancing racism. And we're hearing from multiple law enforcement that that's not the story. Because if it was a story, I'd say so. When we politicize these things, it's the very worst of our humanity. It really is. But you know what the real story is, guys? It's not our humanity. It's their lack of humanity. Say a prayer for these eight people. They did nothing wrong. I'm Tony Katz. So I think Jen Psaki has figured out there's a problem at the border. I know. I, I know. It's like, it's like, how'd that happen? And that she, she she may have figured it out because she she said crisis the 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 other day, and you know the people were like, oh no, 
Oh, the Biden people are like, no, she said crisis. How could she? How could she say such a thing? I mean, they actually believe that. If you even talk about the border, how dare you? Joy Reid and Julian Castro on MSNBC talking about the border. Republicans, well, uh, that, that's just racism. It's back to the kind of the same thing that, you know, of a, there is a lack of, of sort of compassion on the other side. It's just a fear that more brown people will come. How how can the Biden administration manage that? Because the other side isn't providing a political solution or offering to get on board immigration reform. They're just saying be afraid of these brown people. Well, you're right, Joe. I mean, this is part of their playbook. It's something that we've seen so many times before. It is fear-mongering. And this time, they're doing it because they can't argue with the Biden administration in terms of serving the needs of everyday Americans. He's too busy serving the needs of everyday Americans? Do it. Do, doing what? Not having press conferences? Not going to the southern border? Getting humiliated by china i will play with you for you some of the audio and and you decide you tell me whether or not this is the united states being humiliated by china but certainly it is china trying to set the the stage for the idea the theory the thesis that the united states doesn't have the credibility to talk about what is good and decent and it's going to be a question of whether or not guys like secretary of state blinken anthony blinken have the strength and the temerity to look at uh, these these Chinese diplomats and say, who do you think you're talking to? Here, here's the picture of the Uyghur Muslims. Here's the picture of the Hong Kongers. How about this? Uh, uh, Chinese foreign minister, I'm not, I'm not sure the, the name of the position, right? H- how about this? Um, anytime you question whether or not we've got uh, the, the uh, standing to engage a conversation of morality, we fly ourselves to Taiwan, we drape ourselves in the Taiwanese flag, we eat lunch in public, we shake 10,000 hands, and we give them a billion dollars to spend on anything they want. How about this? Every time you question whether or not we understand decency, we're going to open another airbase right there in Taiwan. Oh, we're going to plant some hardware. Hoo-wee. You have never seen such things. Well, you probably have because you probably stole all the technology that we've made. But, man, we have got things you have not even seen of yet. We got this guy, Steve. Man, he's got a sweet garage. His father's a TVA repairman. Got the most ultimate set of tools. And we are making things you would not believe. My God, it's unbelievable. No, no, you know what? You'll see them, but probably really up close in a way you weren't intending. Every time you question our morality, that's what's going to happen. Every time you question who we are as a society, we're going to start building islands right there in the Yellow Sea, right there in the South China Sea. And we're going to start claiming that land for the United States. And we're going to start taking a look at what we can do to help the Hong Kongers really be free. Maybe the British weren't right to give that back to you. Maybe it has to be taken. (gasps) You never know. We're just that crazy, you know? I will, I'll share it with you. I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you. But it's very nice that the, that the administration is starting to realize they've got a problem at the border. Now, the question is, what are they going to do about it? If you take a look to the people of MSNBC, they shouldn't have to do anything about it. Because even to question the border is, is, is pure, uh, uh, downright bigotry. Bigotry to bring up the border.
when the narrative is more important to you than the facts or even the survival of a nation, what's left? What's left? Man, hate is a motivator. And we're just watching it get super ugly. This is Tony Katz today. Go to TonyKatz.com and download the podcast. Subscribe. Do it now.